listening to the new blurt. We acknowledge the First Nations peoples of this land, the traditional custodians, and pay our respects to their elders past, present, and future. We recognise the ongoing impacts of colonisation and the importance of a voice to Parliament to ensure the sovereignty and self-determination of First Nation peoples is respected and upheld. We commit to working together towards a just and equitable future for all Australians. Hi, I'm Keely, and tonight I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country, the Kulin Nation of the Wurundjeri people. Sovereignty was never ceded, always has been, and always will be Aboriginal land. Um, it's eight, no, it's actually six past eight uh, in Melbourne, and it's the 10th of October. Uh, good evening, Wednesday. Uh, good evening, Kexter. Um, I acknowledge the Jagra and Tobal people as the traditional custodians of uh, Mianjin, the lands on which I'm coming to you live. And it is six past seven for me here in, in Bris Vegas. So um, daylight savings definitely has kicked in, unfortunately for me. <laughs> yes, yes. You have to get your ass uh, together just that hour earlier than, yes. uh, than usual. So how does I mean how does that how does that work with the family life, etc.? Does that muck you up a little bit, or yes, um, um, pretty much eat food like this real quick at six <laughs> o'clock, so that I'm ready by six thirty. <laughs> oh, but that, that's why they made blenders, wasn't it, for dinner? You know, just stick it all yeah, in just, the blender and yeah, just, there you go. Through a straw. Yep. Good idea. I will try that next week. <laughs> oh, I think we'll all be trying that. Yeah, lovely. Ooh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that really does not sound good at all. Um, something that does sound extremely good is the um, the voice push for yes. As you can see, uh, tonight we are all about the yes. We've got our vote. Yes. Yes, yes, on. yes, yes. And, uh, I'll have yes. what he's having. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I was on pre-poll this morning. I'll be on pre-poll tomorrow and Friday morning as well. Awesome. And uh, How's that going? I, Are you having fun? Uh, oh, yeah, no, it, it is. It is actually. I'm quite enjoying it. But uh, I did come across a hard no voter this morning. Oh, and, this morning, um, yeah. yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was quite funny. Well, it was, it was funny in that I had already assumed he was a no voter before I even spoke to him. <laughs> And uh, the no T-shirt gave it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, the Schwartz sticker on the site. No, um, he had a, oh, allegedly he had a he had a, he had a jujitsu top on mm -hmm. and uh, like a martial arts uh, thing. And I don't know. There just seems to be aggression, martial arts. It, I don't know. It seems to it seems to go with the territory. For mm. some reason, I'm not exactly sure, but it does, from a stereotypical point of view, it does seem to. Anyway, I had a chat with him, and uh, but he did the old adage of, I'm voting no, and I'm not racist. I'm like, well, if mm. you're not racist, why do you have to tell me you're not racist? Mm. I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, why do you need to caveat? I don't yeah. get it. You yeah. know, okay, you, you, you're voting no. Did, you it, did he give any different. reasons why he was going no? Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he absolutely did. So I'd say he's an anti-vaxxer as well. Um, yeah. He said, uh, he said, I'll do anything. The government tells me, I'll, yeah, I'll do, I'll do anything against whatever the government tells me to do. Right. And I'm like, great philosophy, dude. Well done, you. Mm. Um, well done, you. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I think he's probably an anti-vaxxer as well. Yeah. But um, yeah. 
you know, I, I did actually try to have a conversation with. The, the funny thing was I spoke to you about a week ago about a little old lady that I ran across. Ooh. Oh, sorry, I'll say that again. I didn't run across <laughs> her. I, or run her over. Didn't, no, that did not happen. That did not happen. Um, no, I I saw her again this morning. She gave me a little fruit pastille, which was very nice. Oh. Oh yes, no. She's a, she's a, a really nice person, yeah. and uh, I'm just like, why on earth are you voting no? Anyway, I spoke to you about this a week ago. Anyway, this morning I showed her a picture just to blow her mind, mm. and and it's it's not a meme. It's a real picture. Uh, it shows Peter Dutton on his maiden speech in 2002, where he actually said he voted for constitutional recognition mm. for um, Indigenous. That was his maiden speech in 2002, yeah. and it's got wow. this big yes next to it. Yeah. And twenty-one years look at him. Uh, and she and she looked at me, she went, Oh, he's voting yes now. And I went, <laughs> no. Okay. I, <laughs> I just felt like saying, This is a phone. Have you have you seen those? You... Mm. <laughs> so so she was there a week ago and she told you that she was voting no. Why was she there this week? She's still voting no, obviously. Right, okay. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it makes no sense. None at no. all. And actually, talking about no sense, I was listening to Lydia Thorpe this morning mm. because I really wanted to try to find out why she thinks that voting with, you know, Clive Palmer, Pauline Hanson, et cetera, et cetera, just, you know, the deplorables just goes on. Um, I wanted to just try to find out why she would do that. And, mm. um, and do you know what? After I heard I, and I listened diligently, I was I wasn't any any more educated in why she's making that decision. It didn't, yeah, it didn't make sense to me. It still doesn't make sense. Yeah, to me. yeah it makes no sense to me either. I haven't worked out a valid reason why to vote no. Um, there's too many positives to come out of a yes than a no. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't understand the no campaign or the no side. I, I tell you what, though, um, I mean, obviously, we are trying to get um, the voice um, through so that we can um, close the gap with what's happening with the Indigenous in this country, etc. But I'll tell you another country that's having real problems with their conditions at the moment, mm. China. Oh, okay. What's but happening you there? Won't, well, you, you won't hear a lot of this because they won't tell you, and it only sort of leaks through certain Western media when they get a chance mm -hmm. to. Yeah. But if you remember, we spoke about, I think about a year ago, we spoke about a town that had 20, I think it was 23 million people in it. Mm -hmm. And they shut it down for like 10 days or two weeks or three oh, weeks that's or something. Right, for COVID. Yeah, for COVID. And yeah. as you know, their shutdown is slightly different to our shutdown. Mm. A complete shutdown. Like Yeah, you, you need to need to have welding lessons for their shutdown. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know and, and how they get food in i will never know I, mm. I do not do not have a clue i do not have a clue but anyway um so all that sort of stuff a lot of their um younger uh, generation of chinese have uh, really been um arcing up against that sort of treatment etc and the sort of the latest coming out of that now is i don't know if you've heard of this but i only heard of it the other day it's terrible it's horrible Mm. It's called 996. Have you ever heard of the 996? Mm, never heard of it. Uh, uh, the only thing I've heard in 996 is the uptime in IT. Ah. 
99.6% uptime. <laughs> right. Okay. Other no, than no, that, this, no. No, this is way worse. No, it's absolutely way okay. worse. 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., mm. six days a week. Lockdown. No, no, that's how they work. Oh, that's how they work. When they go to work. 996. 12 sixes. That's 72 hours a week. Yeah. That's ridiculous. No, no thanks. That that and, and that's why they have such a high um, uh, suicide rate as well. Mm. But again, you know, as you know, those sort of things don't come out through China because Xi Jinping sort of, you know, basically hides it's everything. And, yeah, hides it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they've got about a twenty percent unemployment rate too with their youth. That's pretty high. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's it's actually pretty amazing because, um, as you know, they used to have the one child policy, and then they realised mm. that didn't work well. Yeah, <laughs> populations getting too old. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. One hundred percent right. So they've said now you can have you know two or three or whatever, but what's happening is, uh, um, lady uh, women want to go back to work, right? Mm. But when they try to go back to work, they're actually using like 1970s laws mm. saying, oh, well, we're not sure if we can hire you in case you get pregnant. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's, yes. That's that's the laws they're using. So wow. it's, yeah, absolutely. So it's, yeah, they're going to have fun over there. It's going to be fun mm. for a while, but we won't probably find out the extent of all that sort of stuff when we do um chinese takeaway uh maybe even next week um there's so many things to talk about china at the moment so we might extrapolate on that mm. um you want to Go talk about the aec time. i believe yeah yeah i did i did um speaking of referendum that's happening this week um that small thing that um has been <laughs> going around for a few weeks um just wanted to inform people what the aec is and and what their role is in in all of this um, they're an independent um, authority that's re uh, responsible for conducting um, federal elections, uh, by-elections and referendums. Um, <clears throat> they also maintain um, the electoral roll, so the people who are eligible to vote and updating their, their credentials or, or, or details as they move around the country, which I've done a bit too many times over the last two, three years. Um, the AEC and me are like really close now because they know my details intimately. Um, they're also responsible for registering political parties and monitoring their activities. So they, um, they're sort of like the um, political police, I guess, of, um, of our parties here to make sure they're have registered correctly, they've done their due diligence and things like that, and as, as well as making sure they're not... Um, uh, breaking any electoral laws and things like that, like advertising and whatever else. It's it's interesting because um, when I've been doing pre-polling, they're very vigilant on how close you can be to, as you would know, um, mm. how close you can be to the building, um, AEC, uh, uh, you know, to their area, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Yeah, they usually mark a line or tell the volunteers who are there, um, all right, you can't go past this line because this is where it's um, propaganda free or, um, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, yeah. Sorry, propaganda free. That's the whole no pamphlet. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the AEC doesn't like people with their um, flyers too close to the 
ballot. So there is that boundary. Um, what else can I tell you about them? Um, yeah, they also educate the public about the electoral process. You may have seen a lot of their ads on social media, television over the last five or six weeks the referendum's coming, you have to vote yes or no, or write the words yes or no um, on your ballot um, paper. During a normal election, they'll tell you, here's the ballot paper and you need to number from one to X, whatever the number is at the time. Um, yeah, they also determine electoral boundaries. So as the population grows, they readjust the boundaries to um, make sure that there's sort of even number of people in every electoral uh, electorate. Um, yeah, so they have a very important role. Um, yeah, so that's about as much as I can tell you about the AEC. Well, I think that's pretty good, Wenty. It's um, uh, quite uh, quite nicely expressed. Um, also, the other thing is if you do want to vote no this weekend, just make sure you put a cross in the box. Correct. That's right. All good. Uh, All good. Yep, we're happy to take a cross. Exactly right. So do us a favour, put a cross. I said, I said that. I said that to um, a, a voter today. Actually, she came back and she laughed and she said, "That's brilliant." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, she didn't fall for it, obviously. No, no, she was a yes voter. It wasn't. It wasn't yeah. a problem. So, no problem. yeah, that's funny. But, um, talking about brilliance, I think it's time for a bit of this. Ooh. 11,780 votes to win the election. Now, Thomas, I need 11,000 votes. Losers only, it's Trump. China. That always cracks me up. Um, yeah, so Trump, what can you say? Everything, really. Everything and nothing. But um, Make him go away. Yes, well, that'd be good. It's just not going to happen. There's a jail, no. I tell you, but um, but we do have some good uh, information. So, pre-trial ruling under the appeal may lead to Trump losing control of Trump Power and other properties. What does that mean? That means that he's in a case at the moment that um, he's already been fa found fraud. He's already mm -hmm. uh, been found for fraud. He has overstated the value of his properties by anywhere mm -hmm. between eight hundred and two point two billion. That's billion dollars. Billion dollars. Yes, absolutely. So, pocket, um, pocket money, pocket change. Yeah, not for him. Um, <laughs> definitely not for him. He was given a hundred million by his dad um, when he started, and he's gone back bankrupt, and he has improved that, but mm. no one really knows how much he improved it to. Right. So a couple of years ago, he wanted to be on the Forbes list, as you know, the mm -hmm. Forbes list is like some of the uh, richest people in the world. I think it's 400 richest people in the world or something. Mm -hmm. um, and um, Cohen, his uh, old attorney who has basically been talking about him all the time now for the last two or three years or whatever, because yeah. he went to jail for two years for him or mm. whatever, was he was the guy behind the uh, hush money for um, Stormy uh, okay. Daniels, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, anyway, he said uh, it was um, standard business to overinflate the values of his assets so that he could get cheaper loans. Right, of course. Because yep. he's meant to be a, you know, real estate developer and really mm. he's not. But anyway, after all that, he's been investigated for quite a long time and the New York Attorney General, uh, Letitia James, is seeking 250 million penalty. Now, yes. 
the judge on this case has already said he's guilty. So <laughs> there's no... Right. Yes, absolutely. And it went to appeal as well, and he lost the appeal. So not exactly sure where this is going at the moment. I think it's it's the third or fourth day um, mm -hmm. on this one in particular. As I say, there's nothing to be found apart from how much of the damage is. Right. Um, what they're thinking is that he's not particularly liquid and doesn't particularly have $250 million hanging about. No, no. It's not very liquid. I definitely want to see him behind bars like we've got in the background here. Absolutely, but I think we do slightly better than that. That's better. That's what we yeah. want to see. That's what we want to see. Um, so, yes. So, <clears throat> so yes, I say, 250 million penalty. And they're thinking that he may not be liquid enough to be able to pay it. He's pretty uh, soft and gooey. I don't think he's liquid. <laughs> That's true. He's very soft and gooey. I tell you, I've seen pictures of the back of his head. It's mm. scary. Oh, no, like, I don't want to know. You've heard of comb overs. Mm. These are comb inners. Inners. Okay. Yes, yes. So he's got all this hair mm. that's like, if you just imagine, right, if he had a shower, right? Yeah. He would have his hair flopping to the yeah. side like this. Okay. And then he'd be bald all the <laughs> does he take does he take it into the side like into the middle at the back yes it's exactly like... what he does it's, it's massive it's just terrible uh, it's horrible it's one of the weird. most horrible things you ever see um anyway he looks uh so completely um unhinged at the moment it's just ridiculous um but anyway uh judge arthur engeron who's the judge in the case expressed frustration in lengthy cross-examinations the trial proceeds with out of jury due to state law limitations by the way they could have asked for a jury mm -hmm. but because he only wants to pay the cheapest of lawyers because he's the cheapest <laughs> <laughs> yes he is that's true yeah and he can't afford anymore because uh, giuliani's well, gone Yes, and Giuliani's <laughs> asking him for money yeah. to, to bail him out of his court case. So it's just, uh, you know, uh, it is, it's um, it's comic capers, it really is. Uh, Trump criticised Letitia James outside the courtroom, calling her incompetent and alleging a democratic effort to undermine his 2024. It's basically, you know, just uh, a metaphor, just throwing your pram, uh, toys out of the pram, basically. Sounds like That's, it. Um, but... Uh, but what's happened is the judge has said that um, you cannot. He's put a gag order on and said you can't talk about any of my staff because apparently he was bad mouthing um, the judge's staff as well. Mm, but not, right. not just not just bad mouthing, but actually putting on um, a, 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 on the truth on his, social, uh, yeah, 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 social media, his platform. The, yeah. the actual name with the middle initial, right? <sighs> That's. What a yeah. loser! Oh yeah, he's a loser. But it, 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 but it's not just that. It's so dangerous, you know. Mm, yeah, that, that's what that's what concerns me. Anyway, that was a tiny bit of uh, Trump watch on that one. Just a little bit here. He was speaking. Um, uh, I don't know if you remember the vice president, uh, Mr. Pence, who they yep. all said um, hang Mike Pence. That's right. Um, in the January sixth uh, insurrection. Um, he was saying uh, about Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy, these are guys that are trying to beat um, Trump for the primary. 
for the um, Republican Party in America. Mm -hmm. And Ron DeSantis, who's the governor of Florida, who is an absolute nutbag and has banned books and basically banned LGBTQI people in his whole state. It's pretty ridiculous anyway. Um, And so, yeah, he's just saying that Trump joined other top Republicans and blaming the deadliest attacks, i.e. the ones that have just uh, been in Israel. Uh, on the Biden administration's deal to unfreeze six billion in frozen oil profits that were released to Iran in August in exchange for the release of five American prisoners. Um, what a stretch to say that. Yeah, I know, and uh, and obviously the White House has said you know they're false, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and and uh, they could only be used by private actors to buy food and medicine. That's what they were for, mm. etc. But yeah. yeah, so it never, you know. It never never changes, my friend. Unfortunately, mm. the, the story is is never good. When when Trump's uh, around, you know, it's just going to be shit ensued. Mm. So, but anyway, um, oh, one yeah. thing we haven't done uh, tonight, Wincy, is mm. we haven't said what segments we have on. The no, show. we haven't. That's bad would you like? Us. It is. Would you like to tell the listener? We've got a pretty good um, guest tonight. Sure. Um... We have uh, on Blurt on Society, we have um, a special guest. Uh, you got me confused now. We've got long, Mike. long eye, long eye, long eye. <laughs> uh, we have Mike, who is a Micah paramedic in Melbourne. He'll be joining us very shortly. And then, followed, following that segment, um, we will be going through what's on the box and review some of the shows that we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, they're the two segments we've got on tonight, which will get going pretty quickly on to the next one, I reckon. Yeah, no, they absolutely will be. But what we're going to do is we are just going to take a quick break and we'll be mm-hmm. back in a minute with Blurt on Society. When you give blood, you're more than just a blood donor. You're the lifeblood of Australia. Search Give Blood and book your donation with Australian Red Cross Lifeblood today. Give life. Give blood. Hey, this is Hannah Melville-Ray from the Australia Institute. I'm listening to the new blurt with Wensi and the Kegster, and you should be too. It's on Tuesday nights, live from around 8pm. Blurt on Society. Tonight on Blurt on Society, as Wensi had just alluded to a second ago, we do have a special guest, uh, Mike the Ambo uh, from the Victorian uh, Ambulance uh, Association, and he will take us through a few things uh, regarding the day in the life of a Mica paramedic. Um, I think it'd be pretty interesting for a lot of people that may not know and all the um, endeavours that they go through and also the stuff that they actually do uh, for us Victorians um, because it's pretty harrowing work. Um, Just give me a second. I've got a nice... um, uh, Sorry, I'm just trying to find... Here we go. So a microparamedic in Victoria's specialised medical team trained to provide critical care, rapid response services to patients in emergency situations. They offer advanced medical support, transportation, playing a crucial role in saving lives and ensuring timely medical care in the state of Victoria. At least that is the explanation we have. But it'd be great to get it from the horse's mouth himself. 
you want to bring him in, Wendy? Sure can. Here we go. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? Hello, Wensi. Hello, Kegster. Good. Thanks for having me. Evening, Mickey. How are you, mate? Uh, great to have you on. Not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you. Been a while since we saw each other. <laughs> Been ages. Been ages. <laughs> yeah. For those listening back home, it was only a few nights ago we saw each other when I was in Melbourne. So, yes. <laughs> It's been a while. <laughs> it was a while since you'd been back to Melbourne, though. So it was good to yeah. see you. Good yeah, to be exactly. back. Yeah. Mick, just uh, if if you can maybe just uh, tell the listener what would be a sort of a, a day in the life of a Victorian microparamedic. What, what would be? I mean, I realise that things change daily, and uh, even with you hourly. Um, but uh, what would be the sort of thing that you would be doing most of the time? I mean, apart from sleeping, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be the ideal night shift, um, <laughs> certainly sleeping. But, um, yeah, your definition that you read, I'm presuming that was from the uh, website um, from the ambulance service. Um, that's fairly accurate, but certainly uh, not not entirely accurate as, as opposed or with with regards to um, the amount of time spent doing those types of things so um, very up and down daily life um, I think the probably a good way to describe it would be uh, periods of time uh, long periods of time of sort of I don't want to say boredom but non-excitement followed by quick spurts of intense uh, intense um intense activity so there's a lot of waiting around sure there can be that's right uh sometimes you know there's lots of waiting sometimes mm. there isn't um you just don't know i mean on average it's uh i think luckily you're not doing high intensity sort of stuff um back to back to back to back but that does mm. that can occur sometimes and you just don't know which is so, maybe part of the appealing bit, bit about yeah. being in this type of work. So are you just cruising the streets, just waiting for the call, just going, do, 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 or are you at like at a hospital base going, right, as soon as I get the call, we, we, we go? Yeah, both. I, I think as, um, we, we do have obviously stations or branches that you um, can be at. Um, but if... Um, you know, you can be out locally um, or, you know, returning from other jobs or, um, uh, you know, just on the road and, and then be called out, um, you know, from that position as well. So, yeah, a combination of both. You're not tied to um, tied to the office or, or branch, so to speak. Um, but uh, in general, um, yeah, if you're not on jobs, uh, generally the goal is to sort of make your way back to back to the station that you that you have been allocated to for that shift. Okay. So, Mick, I realise that um, you've been a microparamedic for a while, but obviously before that you were not just, but you were a paramedic. What, what are the major sort of differences between a mica and, say, someone that rocks up in an ambulance at, at your place? Because um, I'm not sure if people know the real difference. Uh well, I think, I think. Oops, I've lost Mike. 
Yep. <laughs> We've got a hand. We've got a hand. Uh, the joys of being live. <laughs> feel okay? Isn't it sounding okay? There yeah. we go. That's no, yep. all good. Um, I think, yeah, clinically, uh, obviously, there's um, some more education, uh, an extra couple of years of, of university-based education that go into um, uh, up training to um, become a MICA paramedic. Uh, and with that, obviously, that um, gives you uh, obviously greater responsibility, but also more of a um, more of a, a, a larger scope of practice to deal with. Um, generally speaking, the, the more in, um, the more critical cases that require uh, more interventions, um, and that's that's kind of the explanation in a, a nutshell. Um, Obviously, uh, paramedics need to be able to attend any sort of uh, event or emergency at any given time. Um, uh, but uh, just as in other professions, um, sometimes sometimes the you know the specialty type um, uh, people that are available aren't always required, and that's that's not not unique to to ambulance. Mm. So you mentioned there about university to get um, your extra MICA accreditations. What's the the process to get to that point? Is it did you start off at university as a general par paramedic, or and then move on to MICA, or can you go straight to MICA? Yeah, well, my my educational pathway is somewhat uh, different as I trained uh, overseas in Canada. Um, so the pathway, I think now currently, I'm probably not the best best person to ask, but essentially there's a um, a, de a degree program that you enter into at university, uh, and after I think three and a half three and a half or four years, you um, uh, you graduate as a as a essentially like as a graduate paramedic, um, and then uh, um, from there, um, if you so choose, you um, can, um, I guess, re-enroll in the intensive care program, mm -hmm. uh, which takes another, um, you know, amount of time before qualification at the um, MICA, MICA level. Um, but me in particular, um, generally the same as what happens here, I think, in Australia. I started off uh, in a university program and uh, graduated after three years and was able to practice at a um, uh, at a, an emergency emergency level um, and then uh, re-enrolled into the intensive care uh, program and yeah went through that and com completed that and that's where I've ended up. Awesome and did you find that there, are, there was a lot of attrition amongst students along uh, over the years like in each of those educational processes um again like i think that 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 space has, has changed changed a lot of the in the time that i've been with the ambulance service i think um certainly you know early on uh the 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 amount of times that the ambulance service would be looking for employees was um you know certainly not overly often um a staffing level seemed to be fairly uh, adequate but as the years went on um you know th there is there's attrition um but also you know obviously the expansion of services and the need for um more people and so i don't i think um 
yeah, I think now there's, um, I think I think there's a lot of catching up to do, but that's been been an issue for quite some time. Mm. I don't know if we'll ever get to sort of a a full capacity workforce. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's even actually possible. To be honest with you, I think by the time you replace uh, people, um, others have left, and that will always continue. I mean, I think uh, I'm pretty sure you've. I think you did a little bit of exchange in the US for a short bit of time when you worked in um, in Canada. Um, would you be able to maybe compare, or what would be the sort of comparisons between, say, the Victorian um, ambulance service to, say, compared to the Canadian one and slash the American one that you worked in just for a, a short period of time? What would you think the main comparisons would be there? Do they compare? Uh, well, the American one, I did no experience in working in the U.S. I did um, did get uh, looking into registration in the United States um, with the view to maybe you know be looking to go um, go there, but work visa wise was pretty difficult even for a Canadian, um, so that sort of just wow. gave up on that um, that thought. Um, Literally. Yeah, well, that's right. I, I, and I, you know, the Literally. places I think I was inter- interested in going weren't, uh, were, were certainly um, very good places, uh, ambulance service, um, service wise. Um, uh, you know, for example, places like Seattle and Denver, um, you know, reportedly, uh, from all the things that you read and hear about and training wise, they're excellent. They're actually, you know, um, quite good ambulance services and, and mm-hmm. sounded like good places to, you know, get jobs. So I, you know, I looked at that sort of thing, but, um, but yeah, the, between Canadian training, or at least where I, I trained uh, in Alberta uh, compared to Victoria, very, very similar. Uh, obviously that was one of the reasons why I was able to, um, you know, secure employment in Victoria was that the training was was similar to a similar standard to a similar level, um, and you know the health system's not overly different, uh, apart from sort of a, a private health component being present in Australia, um, but overall very very similar levels of of scope of practice, meaning that um, you know you're authorized to do the similar similar things. Uh, you know, very similar um, guidelines as far as uh, medications and uh, procedures and even policy. You know, it was, it, they're very, very, very similar and comparable uh, in the services that they each provide. You just mentioned a difference between Canada and us, private health. Do they not have private in Canada? Uh, not... It, when I was when I was practicing in Canada, no, um, no sort of, no form of uh, private healthcare. Um, uh, everything, including uh, ambulance service, uh, completely public. public. Uh, no wow. private, no no private um, operators. Um, uh, no private health uh, system. Mm. Um, but I think gradually, I think over the years, I think there is always there's always been a, an attempt to introduce some sort or some form of some type of private healthcare in Canada. Um, that, although sometimes some of those arguments are, are, do sound quite logical, um, there is a, a hesitation in Canada to go down that pathway because the, the fear is that you end up with a, 
a US type system, which, mm. um, you know, can be quite inequitable and not, um, certainly not, um, not the Canadian way of, of thinking when it comes to healthcare. Mm. Okay. Interesting. I uh, just noticed Keely or Kexter put up a question from Vicky, one of our listeners. Um, in your experience, what personal qualities make someone an effective paramedic? Wow. Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I always enjoy when the, the students that are coming through uh, that I get to um, get to see and, and sometimes mentor, um, it's it's really good to hear and, and see people that can um, that can communicate really well and, and um, uh, you know, aren't afraid to, you know, have, you know, conversations that, you know, real life conversations with people and can make people feel at ease and, um, you know, gain trust. That's an important part of the job is you need to be able to um, gain someone's trust and, and relatively quickly in our field as well. Um, you know, generally speaking, you're called to someone that's, um, you know, in strife that's having some sort of an emergency um and uh you know they need to be able to they need to have confidence and trust in you um so i think a, an effective communicator absolutely that is that goes a long long way uh, and i think a lot further than maybe some uh, people that are in the field new to the field and studying uh it goes a lot further than they realize um and so that i think that's a that's a fantastic um attribute to have yeah awesome um <clears throat> mick look we realize that you go through so many uh physical and sort of emotional um demands with uh with your role uh, you know obviously in especially high stress situations when you know someone could be close to death or whatever the situation is how how do you go about is there certain programs or are there certain sort of uh, routines that you have to sort of keep your mental health at a, at a level that allows you to do the job that you do? Because uh, I personally know that I could not do your job and I know you're very good at it. So I'm very, um, yeah, very interested. Yeah, thanks. Well, I think certainly there's the formal, the formal um, services and, and, and things in place for us that uh, we can utilize, um, you know, with as far as like debriefing, um, you know, case review, um, you know, those types of things. If there's been a big, a big case that's, um, you know, that, that isn't sort of your normal activity, so to speak, and um, is obviously mentally challenging and can, and, and, um, possibly can, you know, raise some uh, issues. Uh, we, we're well supported with um, different programs and uh, different pathways that we can use. But for me personally, um, I, you know, debriefing is important, obviously talking about the case and the good, the bad, and, and what things you can um, improve on, but more importantly, just reviewing that. But, but too, with my, my colleagues and, 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 and to my mates, like you guys, like we, it's just good. Not that I get into detail about, you know, a lot of things, uh, um, but just to be able to have, um, you know, to be able to talk about uh, how you're feeling generally. We're not any different to anybody else. Uh, you know, we're, we, we, 
we see these things uh, through the same eyes as, as you and as you guys would. Um, and our feeling of that would be really, it's not expected to be any different. Uh, we are expected to obviously, um, you know, do something about what's what's occurring and, and, and hopefully make things better. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily easy and that you're not emotionally uh, involved in that. So, yeah, undoubtedly, you know, being able to talk about it uh, in a in a formal debriefing, but also for me, informal informal uh, debriefing uh, with my colleagues, who a lot of them are are, are good close friends of mine, um, and um, but also utilizing you know your your family and 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 good mates as well who know you, um, and and you can and, and you can you can do that without without the gory details of yeah. of you know that sort of stuff. So yeah, um, that's what helped you know. But that's that what that's what works for me. Um, I think um, I'm, I'm fortunate to have you know have all those uh, resources and and people available to me, which is which is great. And uh, and other paramedics might deal with it in a different manner to to you. Um, yeah, well, so. you're right. Like there's different personalities, right? That do all sorts of jobs, and ours is yeah. no different. Um, yeah. uh, you know, and 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 those personalities do come out, uh, you know, at uh, at you know on cases and on and and when we're not on cases as well. Those uh, it's just different personalities, different way of doing things, different communication skills, um, and yeah, that that goes all the way through to different ways of dealing with. Um, you know how you how you react and and how you you know move forward after after um, uh, different different cases that you're dealing with. So, mm. Mm. Yeah. I know I know there's hundreds of stories. Well, you've probably got thousands of stories, but um, I know there's hundreds you can't and probably thousands that you can't tell us. But is there <laughs> any particular stories that you can share with the listener? Um, I remember it wasn't that long ago. I think we we spoke about one that could be interesting. Well, I mean, you're right. There are. There's, you know, another friend of mine. She was she was laughing. She was um, had had seen something online or on one of the social media networks about I think a paramedic and doing his or writing his memoirs or something. And and she thought that you know some of the things that she's you know heard me talk about that. You know, maybe I should do something like that. <laughs> I thought, I thought, oh, maybe that would be that would be interesting. But then after, I don't know. I'm not really sure if that's my thing. But um, we see a lot of different things. There's no doubt about that. Um, I always will hesitate if someone asks me something like, "Oh, what's the worst thing you've ever seen?" That that's not yeah, something that's... I would ask a paramedic. That's not something you you know you honestly want us to repeat. Um, that that's not the type of conversation I engage in. No, uh, no. Um, you know, but we meet a lot of interesting people. Um, we see a lot of you know a lot of different things, a lot of interesting things, and and things that still after twenty you know twenty four years of doing this and being in this field. Uh, things that still surprise me, and mm. um, you know, you and I think Keely or Kexter, you're referring to, you know, um, you know, a, unfortunately, a, a person that had had a, you know, a, a fall from a great a great distance, which 
in all accounts, uh, we were certainly the expectation of what we were about to see or find was um, going to be, um, you know, obviously a, a terrible and poor outcome. Um, but, you know, to our surprise, um, you know, the person, the person, the person was awake um, and, and talking. Now, obviously, we had presumed that they were still quite badly injured. But, um, you know, again, that just that, that, that expectation of what you would expect should have happened uh, didn't. And um, that is, you know, that's, that's something that, um, you know, does occur sometimes and, and, um, and we were able to obviously make a difference there, but the, um, yeah, just, I think the sheer surprise of, of someone that had, had fallen that great of a distance that had made that large of a, you know, an indent in a, in a, a pliable landing spot was just yeah. something I, I've just, you know, I won't forget that. And we had to really, um, no, I understand. You know, I understand. That, that's worth that's worth yeah. repeating because it's something that's just that's that's almost kind of a miracle, really, when you think yeah, about it. That, so, that's yeah. what I was going to say. It almost is a miracle. I mean, basically, as you said, this person's fallen from from a great height, and the reason they did that is because they were taking selfies. That's right, isn't it? Well, that is that is the reported alleged issue. Yes. So um, there's obviously been a. Um, an accident that uh yeah wasn't it meant to meant to occur and and the outcome um obviously could have been tragic um it still was you know still wasn't ideal but uh, under all the circumstances and when you took everything into consideration about uh what what did happen um the it really is there is no other better word i think than than a miracle so there was um, there was no, no i hesitate broken. to use that word but minor minor that's that's correct that's 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 correct i think there was some minor and we're talking minor you know um fractures but mm. but nothing that you would be sort of you know nothing pretty cool or... expecting from that so yeah uh, and, and the outcome and the outcome for that person will be great which is again it's just you know um, there's nothing life altering or changing about mm. about it, and um, which again is, as I'm sort of retelling this, I still can't believe it. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's not that's not anything that we did that that mm. that changed anything. Um, but uh, you know, being able to help out in those in those circumstances and things, I think when you're mm. w walking into something like that, expecting to not really have to do anything, uh, to all of a sudden going, wow, this is you know um this has happened and we're at a stage where we you know this is um, um the outcome is looking a lot better than what we had anticipated that's a that's a good thing that's a good feeling it is yeah. um i noticed um obviously you're canadian um by the act Yes. But what's that in the background i see i see oh, I didn't, is that oh, no, i didn't Fritzky mean to sit here jumper? Of course it is. Yes. Yes. Good spotting. Good spotting. <laughs> and, and why? Why? Is well, not his. Not his. That's but that's his. Well, I got to. I got the. I got the. Um, the honor of of playing in playing on the ice on the same team as Wayne Gretzky, and ironically, oh, wow. that happened in Australia. 
of all places in in sydney so go figure that was hilarious (laughs) all your canadian friends were just like what the actual no that's right so yeah so this obviously was bought uh in anticipation of 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 meeting him and seeing him and um and his obviously his signature is on there um which is which is pretty cool and the whole and then the other ones just well that's the that's the jersey that i wore so um I thought, what the, what the heck? We'll put that up too. <laughs> yeah, nice. nice. There you go. Yeah. So obviously, still following the NHL down here. Yes, yes, yes. No, well, and hopefully, it's getting more popular here. I mean, the NHL did did come to Australia, came to came to Melbourne. Uh, very exciting time for me, that's for sure. I. Um, Who were the two uh, teams to play? Uh, well, yeah, that was the unfortunate bit. Both of the teams I, I dislike quite a bit. Um, but I still went in the, the spirit of the sport of hockey. Mm. So, um, But it was the Los Angeles Kings and the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be like so. if Carlton were playing Essendon. Same sort of thing. <laughs> for us, well, for not, you two, yes. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Mike. <laughs> Mike would be there in front row seats. Yeah, true. <laughs> and not for Essendon. Yeah. No, no, exactly not. <laughs> not for the drug teams. Um, no, look, Mick, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really, really appreciate your time on the new blur. It's been fantastic. I know anyone that listens to this will have a little bit more of an idea of what a microparamatic does. And, mm. um, and we really appreciate everything you do do. And we send all our love and best wishes to your you and your colleagues and we do appreciate what you do so uh well thank you thank you we appreciate that too thank you so much absolutely thank you so much have a great evening no thanks guys um take care great show thanks all right bye well definitely uh not my scene i do like I, i agree with you i could not be a paramedic but definitely appreciate what what they do across the nation so Absolutely, um, absolutely. I tell you what, it's quite ironic because the story that Mick was telling um, is very uh, reminiscent of the story that we chatted about about a week ago mm. when the woman fell off the cliff who yeah. was um, trying to take a selfie uh, mm. down at Woolamai, Cape Woolamai. Yeah. On Phillip Island, that's right. And, and apparently this was the same sort of situation. And she's just going further back, further back, <laughs> Further back, and then just a tiny bit too far. Yep. And um, yeah, look, it was it was amazing. I mean, I had actually seen the photos, and mm. um, Mick had had, had shown uh, where the person had landed, and for her mm. to have just minor injuries. So, yeah. Oh, they yeah. just honestly, they they just basically went in there and gone. Is there a halo over her? I I can't mm. see it. It, it. it must be. It must be there. Did she have so. airbags built into her yeah. toe to survive this? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. There goes the cat. Did you see the cat? Yeah, um, yep. <laughs> Which cat is that? Which putty um, cat? What's her name? Yes. No. The, oh, that one's uh, Poppy. That one's Poppy. Poppy. Hello, Poppy. So. Yeah, you need to get Poppy on your lap and just go. uh, No, that was, and then say one million (laughs) dollars. I would, you know, but seriously, the guy, it's just not going to happen. It will not happen. She Um, won't let you because no, no. The other one, she's all right. You'll be able to do that, but 
No, yeah. She doesn't want to know about it. She is not a happy camper. So, uh, um, now I think it's time because uh, time is rocketing on as it always mm. does uh, for what's yes. on the box. So we will go to a slight break and we'll be back with what's on the box. The Australia Institute produces high quality research that has real world impact, whether it's revealing the $10.3 billion in fossil fuel subsidies provided by federal and state governments last year, or our long-standing research advocating for a federal anti-corruption commission with real teeth, we change minds. To donate, head on over to australiainstitute.org.au. Nothing hurts my soul more than getting a bunch of money from paid sponsorship. Cash for comment. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of cash, have you tried the new cash app? Send and receive money from anyone instantly with the cash app. Oh, God. Say you want to get $10,000 from Valvoline, just for mentioning the word Valvoline. Just give them your cash app username and they can send it to you immediately. No questions asked. Download the cash app today. Valvoline. And if you're not sure who was doing the Alan Jones, it's uh, Dan Illich, our friend. Mm. Um, who's been on the new blurt a few times, and uh, we're, we're pretty uh, pretty close to 150, so we should be seeing him soon again, mm. hopefully. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, um, we get him on for every 50th but... show, don't we? <laughs> well, we, you... we, well, actually, it was every 50th, but we actually had him on for the 125 show, I think. Uh, okay. and yeah, so I thought stuff that he can come on for every the 25th show. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's see if he's busy no. or not. Have, have you seen yeah, his I... advertising on for the Yes campaign on Twitter? Uh, yeah, Twitter. Yeah, he's, doing he's, quite got, a lot. he's got some really, really good stuff. It's uh, called Racely, I think. It's uh, not a race. It's it, not a race mm, or something. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a piss take, obviously, of ScoMo. Mm, yes, that's right. It's, it, yeah, it's not a race. Because um, we, in fact, our Pisega ScoMo is um, get off the grass productions mm, at the end right. of our, um, because that <laughs> comes from ScoMo America. as well. Yeah, so exactly. can't get away from him. No, anyway. no, he's left us some um, some perlers that we uh, are more than happy to uh, continue, but and, not and exploit. many other That's things. That's true. Yes, and exploit. That exactly. is very true. What I did want to say about Dan is uh, I know he's just having a little bit of a hiatus because of uh, all the stuff he's been doing through the referendum. He's been doing a lot of stuff. He went up to the Torres Strait Islands, went up to That's Thursday right. Island mm. and did a show up there. It was a really good show. It was uh, about two or three, four um, First Nations people, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, on the show. It was good. It was a good show. Nice. And um, I had a bit of a natter just on the text. And, um, yeah, he said he's just, just trying to lay low a little bit at the moment. Mm. So if you are listening at any time, uh, Dan, uh, we're thinking of you. And we know you're fighting the good fight because you always are. So, But I tell you, talking about that, I heard the latest um, Dan Illich, you might have heard, I'm not sure, um, uh, video for, for The Voice. It, it's mm. one of the best one of the best that I've seen. Um, Adam Hills. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. So That's I don't know if you've, uh, yeah. So I don't know if you've seen it, but no, if I anyone haven't. doesn't know who Adam Hills is, he's Australian comedian. He's absolutely brilliant. He has been and very, very funny for a long time. Also, he is a very uh, massive disability advocate and has been for quite a long time because he has a uh, fake leg. I think it's, mm, yeah, I think it's calf. I think it's uh, knee down. I think, I think it's, it's knee, knee down. down. Yeah. And he's uh, had that for a very long time. 
And um, so he does a lot of stuff in the um, disability space. And so this um, was very poignant, which is quite interesting. He was saying, think of the voice as a house. And just imagine you're a person with a disability and you've asked a builder to build you a house. And you say, can you build me a house? And the guy goes, yes, but you've got disability. So he said, would you like some tips before you build the house? Because obviously Mm. the house is for me. And the builder goes, no, it's fine. I've got this. No problems. Um, and, and basically, you know, that was sort of the metaphor for the the, uh, indigenous people that Mm. you are telling them something they already sort of know and they can help, but you, you know, better. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's a really, it's on, I think it's on threads. It's really good. It's well done. Yeah. It's much better than I presented. Um, There's another one that I saw today and I wish these ads were on um, all the time and a long time ago. This one was talking about the voice and getting getting it into the constitution. And the metaphor was you had a guy or a person out in the desert dying of thirst and he sees someone and the person um, offers that person uh, water because he's parched. But the person who's parched, who's been in the desert for a long time, says, no, I want milkshake. Um, ah, progressive, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the other guy says, but I'll give you water now, but you'll get milkshake when we get to the other side when we um, when we save you. And he says, no, I want a milkshake. So I thought, yeah, that's perfect. Makes perfect sense. It's <laughs> a good metaphor. And I thought, yep, okay. It, it, it is a good metaphor. It, it is. It is. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it is a very good metaphor. But we've done a lot we on the voice rest. tonight and we've got a lot yep. more to do this week because I think you're on the polling. But we'll talk about it at the end of the show. Yep. Anyway, now we're going to do what's on the box. Get this crazy man off the streets. <laughs> But lately, I've been drifting aimlessly. (laughs) Oh, my God. Will you stop changing channels and just tell me what's on the box? So, Wincy, what's on the box? Yes. What's on the box? I am going to review Gentified. Yeah, see, I had to ask you. Yes, I know. I had to ask you. (laughs) No, no, no. It's Gentified. It is a show on Netflix. Um, It's a comedy drama, mostly comedy series. Uh, It's created by Marvin Lemus and Linda Yvette Chavez. Uh, And it's a US show based on American Mexican cousins who are trying to achieve the good old American dream. Uh, centers around the grandfather's taco shop and all the families, the different cousins. Um, and it focuses on those four main characters and their struggle to achieve the dreams, um, which is, uh, I guess, be successful, own business, etc. cetera. Uh, season one started in 2020, had 10 episodes. Season two um, aired the following year in 2021 with eight episodes. So there's only 18 episodes, so they're fairly short. And they only go for about 30 minutes. 
Um, it stars Joaquin uh, Cosio, who if you've seen Narcos Mexico, you'll know who he is. He played Don Neto, who was a hitman for the Mexican drug, um, drug lord Miguel Angel Felix Gallardo. Um, so it's yeah, it's very it. it's it's extremely lucky. I've got my Spanish dictionary right next to me because I'll translate later. Okay. Fucking idea what you're talking about at the moment. I'm listening with intent, but I have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you're into it's pronounced narcos, really well. Oh, thank you, thank you. With a bit of an Aussie twang, but uh, I think uh, most uh, Spanish-speaking people would still understand me. I hope. Um, another famous um, Latina uh, person involved in the show is America Ferreira, who you might know from Barbie. Um, uh, what oh, she's was right. Ugly really like Betty. Yeah, she's great. Uh, what other shows? I forget what other shows she's done. But she's, she's done in a new movie. one, actually. She's in a new movie lately. Yeah, yeah. She's in a new one. Yeah. I thought it was cool. But... Um, so she was executive director. She was also director, and she stars in one of the episodes um other than those two actors i'm not i've never seen or heard of the other actors in the show um but enough of me talking about it and i don't want to give too much away but here is a very short trailer oh, uh, show and tell you beauty show and tell we love our show and tell. we do we do wait. love a show and tell. just wait for that to turn up there we go we can see that everybody Links will be in the show notes as usual, I imagine. Dollars for un burrito? We've been giving you free burritos for years. Yo cante por esos tacos. Nobody asked you to sing. You ain't chente, bro. We need a new approach. I'll give you a brand new list of ingredients that we can try out, and it's gonna be great. People love discovering new things. No, we've been here, fool. You haven't paid rent in two months. Double the rent on us, you coconut sellout. Coconuts are delicious. Nuestros pinches greedy landlords que nos quieren convertir todos en ramen spot. Stay woke. Why you gotta go all the way to Paris to be a chef? I'm gonna back Michelin stars and boil Heinz. Estamos preocupados por Chris. Chris is going to be fine. He can afford help like therapy or Whole Foods. ¿Qué dijiste? Whole Foods? Yo estoy aquí matándome mientras tú juegas al artista. Caramba, you're so dramatic. Te empaqué todas tus porquerías, mijita. What would I ever do without my 50 rosaries? Para que te saques al diablo, cabrona. My daughter? She's beautiful. She's brilliant. Marry her, pendejo. Play like a team. You know, como las chivas. The defense communicate with the offense and then... ¿Tú me entiendes, no? I think so. Te pasas toda la vida construyendo un negocio. We're not going to save the shop with a burrito. We're going to save it with some changes. ¿Qué es eso? Chicken tikka masala taco. Esto no es comida mexicana. No es comida mexicana. Oye, ¿tú estás seguro que es mexicano? I'm more Mexican than all y'all. Do not forget to leave a review. And if you don't like the food, don't tell anybody, cabrón. We know people. Dangerous people. I don't feel safe. This is our neighborhood. <laughs> this is about Pop trying to survive. Yeah, but at our expense. We can't all be Cesar Chavez, but we're doing our best. <laughs> There's nothing gentrifiers hate more than being called gentrifiers. We were tapping into their biggest fear. Brown lesbians? White guilt. Uh... <laughs> Let's see what our new friends have to say on Yelp. Food five stars, ambiance one. Dile esos pendejos cara de culo. Aquí está su ambiente. 
Yeah, it's oh, a that funny show. Absolutely sensational. How did you come across that? That looks like an absolute um, cracker. I don't know. I think um, Kim told me that she saw one episode and I watched a few on the flight down to Melbourne and back. So I think I'm about three or four episodes in and I will finish the series because it looks really fun. And uh, because I found it fun, I would give it a four out of five blurt stars. Nice work. Nice work indeed. Um, no, that is absolutely fantastic work. And I will definitely look that up because that looks awesome. Um, I was enjoying uh, watching that little um, uh, preview you had there. You had that. Very, very good. Um, excellent. So I have a film. It's actually a local film by a local filmmaker, um, Genevieve Bailey. And um, she is a sort of a documentary filmmaker. And she made one back in 2013, 2014. I think it's called I Am Eleven. And um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where you can see it. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. But the trailer for it is on YouTube, so you may be able to pick it up uh, somewhere. It's quite old, so. Um, but I'm not sure. But you should be able to. But anyway, I am 11 is all about being 11, but internationally. And she sort of does a little bit of um, going to different countries and introducing 11 uh, year olds to different. Um, 11 year olds, etc., and um, it looks pretty damn cool. And no, she's not kidnapping the kids. Um, <laughs> before you ask, before you I was ask. going to, <laughs> yes, I thought you, I thought you might. I thought you might. You beat me anyway. Uh, this one is called Happy Sad Man, and it happened before the pandemic, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, um, I think this is 2017 or 2018 documentary. Okay. And um, it explores the lives of several several Australian men, and each of them have their unique challenges, emotional struggles. And um, she made it, as I say, over several years. So um, I think it was made in 2018, but I think it took about five years to make. So it was basically after finishing um, I Am 11, she went straight on to this one. Um, and... This particular film is an interesting one because it delves into the inner worlds of, um, uh, as I say, the, these men, and in, it includes a war photographer, a mm -hmm. surfer with bipolar disorder and has um, experienced psychosis. Um, if you could do me a favour, yeah, mm -hmm. I think on, on the banner if you can, please. Um, <clears throat> and... Um, and an outback outreach worker. And the film aims to shed light on issues related to emotional fragility and mental illness in modern Australian masculinity. Mm. So I know we've spoken about mental health on this show uh, yeah. quite a few times. Now, I wouldn't say that this uh, program uh, and, and say it's all about mental health. It is, there is a, a large bit about that, but the way it's told and the way it's presented and the way that these guys tell their story, and I do have a show and tell, so you can have a look at the, the preview on that. Um, the idea of this is actually to help people internationally and nationally, and the way that this is shown, this particular movie, I saw it at the Nova the other week, and what the Nova does is they pay for a certain amount for it to be shown at the Nova. Mm -hmm. So if you if you want to see this, it's that sort of movie where you say, okay, well, I get all these people in, say, a town hall or something, say, in a rural rural um, uh, town in Victoria or Australia or even America, or it translates internationally 
really quite easily. And okay. when you see the preview, you know what I'm saying. So um, <clears throat> anyway, she spent seven years making Happy Sad Man. And um, it's an in-depth look into the lives of the subjects. Um, it's, a, as I say, a pushback against traditional notions of masculinity and encourages men to embrace their emotions and vulnerabilities. It does that really, really well. It is an honest portrayal of Australian uh, men grappling with emotional challenges, but I wouldn't just say Australian men. I'd just say men. Men in general. In, in general. As I say, this this can translate um, internationally really, really easily. So with no further ado, if, uh, if I can get this right, I'll see if I can get our media um, set up right. Okay. See if we can get this to work, my friend. All right. I don't think it's sharing just yet. No. <laughs> when I think of video, I often think about a weight of having to be a particular. Oh, we just lost it. I noticed that. I'll make sure the plumbing's right on the shed. I'll do all that stuff, but they don't do anything for themselves. I'm so much happier in comfort zones than I am actually being in normal society. It seemed like I've just had this fun kind of life, but when things went real bad, I'd lost all sense of reality. If you met 25-year-old John Anderson, would you hang out with him? Well, that's a good question for anyone, isn't it? Would you, would you hang out with yourself? When I'm up, I'm so bulletproof. But when you're down, you can actually see what you're doing. <laughs> and that's depressing. I walk alone. We are my thoughts. I will walk from Preston into town. I'll do the things. People tell me I look alright. I'm looking healthy. They say hey, it's nice to see you. We'll have to stay in touch. Mm. Fascinating. I wonder if it's on any uh the cinemas yes. here in Brizzy. I might have to look it up. Yeah, just have a look if you can. Um <clears throat> honestly, I'd give it probably 4.4.6 blurt stars for me. It's oh, almost wow. the perfect film. It's nice. just I was I think I was hooked. I, I wasn't hooked instantaneously, but I was hooked probably about half an hour, 40 minutes in, I think. Um yeah, I just just totally absorbed in what was happening. Hmm. Yep. And there's a decent mix of men there. Um, the only thing I don't think I saw was a privileged white man, but they were all in different. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, you could really, in a way, you could probably call them all sort of privileged white men, I suppose, to a certain extent. Mm. I mean, I don't mean that in a, a sanctimonious um, mm. sort of sentiment, but um to the extent of that phrase privileged white man yeah. they would probably sit in it but um they wouldn't 
think that way. I mean, mm. so yeah. the, the, I don't to want to tell you too much. Yeah, mm. I don't want to tell you too much because, honestly, there is so much that happens in this film and mm. there are some real eye-opening moments. You just go, oh, my God, really, did that actually? Yeah. Is that happening? You know, because it's not like it's a it's a fiction. It's it's real. So mm. um, it's, yeah, look, honestly, it, mm. uh, as soon as I saw it, I wanted to see it again. Instantaneously. Yeah. It's just... um. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Uh, so I might be doing the rounds around the country. So maybe check out the independent cinemas out there and see if you can find it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's still at the Nova for a little bit longer too. So if you've got if you're in Victoria and you've got a chance to get down to Nova, go and see it. Um, it's not your normal Barbie or any of that sort of stuff. And don't get me wrong, I've seen Barbie. I really loved it. But um, this just uh, gets you in touch with your personal side and. Uh, I think feeling for other people and then being able to feel those feelings are really important, mm. especially just everything we've talked about tonight with the voice and with Mick and everything else. It, it is it's so much about um, emotion and, mm. you know, just just kindness, just trying to do the right thing by people, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and being there for support, et cetera. So, yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so I, I yeah, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. So I, I couldn't rave on about it enough. Yeah, excellent. But um, so do yourself to, a favor. go watch it, people. Yep, sorry. Ab- absolutely, no, no, no. Two absolute crackers there because Jennifer mm. looks sensational. Yeah, so absolutely up for that as well. So, but um, I think that's uh, the lot tonight. What's he? I think so. Um, it's uh, been a bit of a long one. Um, Standard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to um, we've got to thank uh, Mick slash Mike Biambo. Thanks very much for your time, um, Mike, and again uh, for everything you do on the exactly. um, ambulance service. Really, really appreciate and, it. And all your colleagues as well. Um, one question I did forget to ask is: Does he cover all of Melbourne, or is it just certain parts? But might have to be some homework for me. Yes, yes, you could do some uh, homework um, outside and, and maybe mm. let people people know for last week's show. Um, thanks, uh, anyone watching tonight's show. Thanks, Vicky, as always. Really appreciate your input. Um, and that's... <laughs> yes. Vic, yeah, yes. Vicky says, thanks, fellas. Catch you next week, hopefully. Yes. So what does hopefully mean? I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know. Is, not sure. is it just... Is uh, daylight savings just too hard? Um, it could be. I know it's it could be. hard for me when, when yeah. you've got family to look after yeah. and, and stuff. So, and yeah. I, absolutely. And it's fully appreciated this end, I can tell you that. So, especially when it's 20 past nine here. So, mm. but, um, but anyway, thanks for everyone. And if you're listening on the pod, thanks very much for supporting the new blurt. Um, if you need to vote, get out there and uh, vote yes this weekend. If you're voting no, make sure cross in the box. So. Exactly, and I'll see you either pre-poll or at the polling booth on Saturday. Yeah. My friend, I will be there too. So, yeah, vote yes. Vote yes. Ah, oh, yes. And Vicky says DST equals dinner time up here. <laughs> yes, yes. No, yeah. I get that. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that. All right, people. Exactly. Well, good night. Right. Until next week. Thanks, Kickstarter. Thanks, see everyone. You see you soon. Bye, all. See ya.
The New Blurred is brought to you by Wensi and Kickstart, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So, if you're interested in getting getting in touch, it's uh, blurtstar at gmail.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another feed coming at you. Has been a Get Off The Glass Productions, brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.